0: we're going to open up with a quick prayer and then i'm going to introduce our guest today i am so pumped to have crystal rowden with us the elegant the mighty prophetess crystal rowden father bless the teaching and discussion of your word may the listeners be instructed in righteousness and equipped for life holy spirit have your way Lead us and co-labor with us to bring about kingdom purpose. In Jesus' name we pray. Crystal, love you, girl. You're here with us today. Just introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are. And uh, I know you love Jesus. That's a fact. Yeah. Yes, I do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. Um who am I? I I'm a homeschool mother of six children. I've been married for it's going to be 28 years in February. Um and I love God and I'm a worshipper and mm. I'm I have prophetic gifts that mm. God's given me and I'm just a child of God. That that's really who I am I'm, I'm just this kid and
0: uh, I like to go on adventures with my dad <laughs> mm. Mm. I love the way you put that. You know oftentimes I know in my Christianity um, in the past i've I've had seasons of life where my Christian experience I, I wouldn't have called it a journey or I wouldn't have called it an exploration. I think sometimes as believers we get kind of stuck, don't we? we we don't see the yes. kingdom as something to be explored. We kind of, you know, sit back and and we know God is mighty and, and we know he's amazing, but he really wants us to enter the kingdom like children, right? Like children. Yeah. And when I think about yeah. children, I think about little two-year-olds. When they wake up, the <laughs> first thing on their mind is, hey, what can I get into? And so yep. I've kind of adopted more of that. Mindset as time has gone on, he's a good father. He has so much for us, so much for us to explore uh, in our faith. Talk a little bit about that. What, what's that? What's that mean to you? Just exploring your faith.
2: So for me, um, being a child of God, I, I guess I I was kind of a rookie when I came in. I was, you know, raised in the Catholic religion. That's pretty much what I knew about God. Mm. Um, but then I was introduced to the Holy Spirit and praying in tongues, and I was blown away. I had no idea that there was a side of God like this that existed. I mm-hmm. I was really like, what is happening? I, you know, as when I wasn't a believer, I was always interested in the supernatural, um, and it's probably because God put that in me because he was going to lead me into that later, and he knew it. He was literally... You know, he would put little burning bushes all around in my in my life, um, so that I would have an interest later on. And um, there were a lot of things, you know, occult things before I was a Christian that I was interested in. Um, but when I came into the faith, and I saw that the you know instead of the counterfeit, there was this real um, type of God. You know, God had this you know expanse. Of supernatural that I had no idea existed then I was like what you know like Mm. what is going on and um, so what that has done is led me into I am like a kid you know with him um, exploring and discovering and what else can you do God and what else are we going to do today and I believe that's what he's called us to be I believe Jesus was like that that yes he had a mission but I'm sure while he was on the earth he was trying to show us Look at what God has given to you to do and to see and to touch and to experience. And I think that um, the church is awakening to those things now. Um, And it's exciting because God is not boring. He's not just, oh, we're going to go on Sunday and just kind of, you know, sit there, do our sermon, and then go watch some football afterwards. And then we're going to, you know, wash, rinse, and repeat god is like every single day is an adventure every single day is different i mean He's sent me to talk to people um he's i've seen things that most people would probably think were weird and i i it it excites me um because every day is an adventure and sometimes you, you know you get caught up in life and you forget that but um if you keep that child like that's why God says keep your eyes on me if we do that if we keep our eyes on him every day it becomes an adventure and not just some religious experiment that I'll just you know sit in my church seat that I you know kind of etched my name in and until I die <laughs> and then I'll be with the Lord I, I think that heaven and eternity is now and that's, that's my cake
0: <laughs> mm, so good so good and you know, I believe there's a large population of believers who, and, you know, it's what they've been taught. They've been taught that God is a, he is a far off, distant, cosmic dictator who pretty much runs everything, but he's not all that intimate You know, we've we've been taught that in the past in in Christianity, and I'm so glad that I was broken out of that. I was awakened, just like you said, awakened to the possibilities of how big God is and awakened to the creativity of the Holy Spirit. I'm amazed at how creative the Holy Spirit is, and and I'm working on this book, Weaponized by Heaven, and in this Mm -hmm. book... It, all, it starts with the first mention of the Holy Spirit, which is when the Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters. And as I was praying and fasting, trying to get deeper revelation for what that portion of Scripture meant, what the Lord gave me was that He was hovering over the waters because He was waiting on something to create. The Holy Spirit is the Creator. God speaks it. But the Holy Spirit brings it to pass. Ain't that mind blowing? Right. That so I was like, blowing. I was like, man, you know, just just good good stuff I'm getting for this book. Um, but creativity is not always accepted by the mainstream Christian uh, doctrinal statements. They kind of get they kind of get stuck in a rut of putting God in a box and on a list of attributes. But you and I know God's bigger than that. Um yeah. I was talking to Dottie earlier this week. Oh. Right. <laughs> lovely, lovely Dottie, and Love her. was talking to her and uh, you know, doing my pa- doing my job, right? One of the pastors, checking on people. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. we got in a great discussion and uh on the supernatural. You know, we're talking about the supernatural. And I said, Dottie, and this wasn't an original thought, you know, I've heard somebody say it like this before. But I said, Dottie, if you take a Christian who just gave their lives to Jesus and you give them a copy of the Bible and you lock them in the room, okay, and you say, we're not going to let you out. We're going to feed you, but we're not going to let you out for the next next year. We're going to leave you in this room with just a copy of the Bible, okay, a year later, when you go and you unlock that door and you let that believer out, he's going to come out, that person's going to come out, healing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing lepers, and casting out demons. Because that's it's in the book. That's the Great Commission. So they're going to come out doing that. And a lot of our, our, our tendency to seek for the supernatural it kind of gets taught out of us. Would you agree with right. that? What are your thoughts on that?
2: I would absolutely agree with that. Um, when I got saved, um, before I got saved, I was singing in a church and I was worshiping, and but I never read the Bible because I didn't understand it. I was 16 before I got saved. Um, I got saved in college maybe a couple years later. And I just... You know, I was kind of doing my thing. I kind of liked the attention that I got from singing, and it was great. And I was like, this is cool, and people here are really nice. But I didn't understand it all. When I got saved, um, and I could read the Word, to me, everything in the Word of God was true. Mm. These were real stories. This was really happening. This wasn't some fairy tale. And so when I got saved, I literally thought that people could see me glowing mm. because— you know, I, I was like I was looking at them, smiling at them, like, you know, a little bit goofy probably. They probably stayed away from me, like, Oh, she's crazy. But um I wasn't. I was so in love with what was going on. And when I read the Bible, if God said it, then it was mm. to me. Um, I did get some of that at one point taught out of me. I didn't understand. I, I was just like, Oh, well I'm I'm new and I just don't understand. But um You know and you can go to church and get that taught out of you but god wants you to believe him because when when i was just believing him and i didn't know any better miracles were happening all around me people were getting healed um, lives were being changed and it wasn't because of me and i knew it i just knew i was holding my dad's hand and he was like go do this and i would just do it because Mm. he said it in his word Mm. but um you know doctrines can come and And it's the doctrines of man, and that's what Jesus was warning against. He was like, be careful, because men can hold doctrines, and they can teach them like they are God's word and way, and not like their traditions. Mm. And so, um, you know, that can bring confusion to a person, just like it did to me. But I'm getting back to the point where, you know, when I read the word, it's the word. It's, it's just real. It just is. It's like that paycheck at the end of the week that you're expecting. We need to live expecting um, the Lord to do what he said he would do. It doesn't have to be on our time. We just believe he's going to do it. We don't know when. Sometimes we know and happens immediately. Sometimes we don't know, but we still believe. And when we believe, that's when we're going to see the miracle signs and wonders. Because those miracle signs and wonders follow believers Mm. we don't chase them down they Mm. follow us so we believe without any there's no logical explanation we just believe and then all of a sudden the holy spirit opens up um realms where people are getting healed there was a woman a friend of mine came to me and asked me if i would pray for this woman to be healed of cancer Mm -hmm. um and it it happened um and another friend of mine couldn't have children And I just, I felt God push me, like, hey, go lay hands on her. And I was at a new church at that time, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I don't want to go, you know, I don't know these people, God. And God's like, hey, I need you to go do that. And because I was practiced in listening and doing what he said, Mm. even though I didn't want to because I was scared and nervous, I got up and ran. I heard her testimony, and I was crying with everyone else, all the other ladies at the woman's retreat. And I just leapt up to my feet because that's about how hard I felt the Holy Spirit push me. And I just ran up to her and was like, we need to pray. And I prayed for her to have a child and she did.
1: Mm, And mm. his
2: name is Samuel which she named him Samuel which I thought, oh my goodness. When I saw her, I was away for a while. I didn't see her for a while. And then I saw her again and she had this big old belly and I went, oh my gosh! (laughs) Because it's still exciting and amazing that you you know you're always surprised it's always a great surprise when the lord does you know the words that came out of your mouth and then he does them because they were in accordance with what he wanted to mm-hmm. he just needed he's looking to and fro across the earth to see who is it that i can use somebody raise your hand you know like when you were in elementary school and the teacher was like calling on you and all the students were like i don't know the math problem so i'm just uh, not going to raise my hand Mm -hmm. The Lord is looking for someone to be like, oh, 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 teacher, oh. And when you raise your hand and you say, I will, Lord, boom, lightning happens. And he just comes on in. And you, it's a twofer. They're blessed, but you are too. Your faith is built. It gets bigger. And it becomes this giant thing that you're carrying around. And then people start calling and saying, hey, my friend Crystal or my friend Ron you know, ask them to pray for your situation because they got like a red phone direct line to Jesus, Mm -hmm. it's not really, that's not really the truth Mm -hmm. really God's just looking for someone to use, but that's what it seems like, I have family members who are not saved who will be like, I'm sick call Crystal, Mm -hmm. you know and I'm like, it's not me it's the Holy Spirit, he loves you and he wants to do this for you like just recently, my cousin Lynette, who's been coming to our Sunday online church, she had cancer of the liver. Mm. And I, I started praying for her, cause she was crying and she was like, I don't know what to do. And she's a believer, mm-hmm. but she was, you know, the big C word is scary, but not to God. He don't care about, he's not scared of cancer. He's mm. like, no. And so she called and I said, you know what? I felt deep in my spirit and I'm sure my prayers were added to all the other people that were praying for her. I was like, no. You will not die of this. This is not going to overtake you because the Lord said that we can be healed. And I spoke like that. And because of my belief in my faith, I think God was like, yes, mm-hmm. here I come. And he broke in and was like this. And he, she had the x-ray before. And then a couple, you know, like a week later, she came back and had the x-ray after. And the doctor was like, I don't understand. It's gone. Where is it? I, I can't find the spot. Here's the before. And here, and I she said she just erupted. She was screaming and dancing and praising God. And that's how it, it's supposed to be every day of our lives. Every day.
0: Mm, so good, Crystal. You know, <clears throat> on this topic of, of the supernatural, I don't know. It, we we have to take a look at what Jesus modeled. Now, and this this kind of kicks over some some belief systems of your traditional denominational settings is jesus was eternally god he's eternally god he was there in the beginning uh he was he's he's god um but where we get where we get in trouble is we start to take a look at his ministry and there's really two basic views we have to look at his ministry as did he do everything as God, which if he did everything as God, then that's still amazing because we we are spectators to his wonders, right? I mean, we take a look at him and we say, that's Jesus, right? But when he said this, and, and this is what he said in John 14, like he, he's talking to his disciples. He said, truly, truly, I say to you, Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the father. So what do you do with that verse, Crystal, to somebody who says, well, you know, what Jesus did, you know, he did it all, you know, ask God and we really can't follow up on that. And, you know, we're, we're supposed to live a life of You know, basically asking God to do everything, and we're not empowered to defeat the works of darkness. What what do you say? What do you say to that verse? Because it's pretty clear to me.
2: So, so I would say to that person because this question has come to me a lot from my kids Mm -hmm. because they're like, well, they're still trying to discover. I really, I really love their discovery. Um, I don't think they should be Christians just because I am. You know, I wasn't necessary I wasn't following God because my mama did or anything and I think you got to find your own but what I would say to them is Jesus had to go on down to the river and get baptized by John and get filled by the Holy Spirit just like everybody else Mm -hmm. you know he, he was born he was a little kid scuffing up his knees and playing with the other kids he was probably that remarkable kid friend that you always wanted to have because he was so cool. And then when he got old enough, um, he's, course, of course, it shows he's studying even as a child about the Word. He wanted to know everything. He was hungry for it. So, like, why would the Word want to know the Word? Like, mm. what's going on? Because his brain was human and he had to fill it. Mm. Um, his mm. body was human. Yes, he was eternally God but he was modeling. He had to do everything that we have to do in order to show it could be done. Mm
1: -hmm. And the
2: power that people are talking about, yes, my children have often said, well, he's Jesus. Well, he's Jesus. Yes, but Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. And oh, look, we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm
1: -hmm. And
2: Jesus walked in the Spirit and did everything in the Spirit. And we walk in the Spirit. It's just that we he believed completely like he had absolutely no doubt in the holy spirit's power and because god said it and he believed it period
1: Mm.
2: if we believe like that and we practice believing like that then we will do those things i had a friend ask me you know she was angry she said uh you know well when i pray for people to get healed they don't get healed and Mm. i said well are you spending a lot of time with the Lord, and do you believe? Because the more time you spend with God and his word, the more you believe, because faith comes by hearing, and mm-hmm. hearing by the word of God.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, faith, I'm going to say that again because it's worth saying. I like faith that. Comes, That's good. Faith comes by hearing. So hearing, I hear the word, I speak the word. God wants us to read the word out loud. He wants us to go to church and hear the word. Faith comes, it builds by hearing. And then your hearing comes through the word. And so as you read the word and as you hear the word and as you meditate on the word, you begin to believe because it's alive. It becomes like a being almost, I guess. The the word is alive. It becomes a part of you. And then when you go out and God speaks, he whispers in your ear, go lay hands on that person. I want to heal them you can do that because that's what he did to Jesus. Jesus would go off and pray and study the word and then he'd come back and then he would heal. And then he'd go off and pray and study the word and then he'd come back and then he would heal. And so you you do pour out, you do have to recharge and you got to come back. It's not read the word once and then go out and try to do all the miracles that Jesus did. It's, you know, getting fed, you're, you're basically a, a container That the Lord pours his power into and then you go out and expend the power Mm -hmm. and then you come back and get a refill and then it's a lifestyle where you're believing and more and more and more you become conformed to Christ so that you don't have doubt anymore that the spirit realm and the kingdom of God is so much more real than this kingdom that you just literally, Jesus just expected whatever he said he expected it to happen Like, without a doubt. Like, he didn't... He told the disciples, follow me, but he didn't wait. He just turned and started walking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's -hmm. what I love about him. He was like, you can do what you want. I'm not going to get you in a headlock, but I'm going to come and tell you what I need to tell you, and then I'm going to walk on because you either are going to follow me or you're going to... Well, it's the same thing with the supernatural. The Lord, one, is looking for someone whose hand will be up. I wanted the Holy Spirit so bad when I found out about him. I wanted him to come and be and live with me so badly. And I thought it that I had to do something for it. Like I thought if I could just read enough of the Bible and I actually study the language because I thought speaking in tongues was like a Spanish or like a you know Portuguese, I was like, I'm very, I told my friend, I'm very good with languages, I will learn this quickly, and I will just be proficient, and she's like, no, no, that's, that's not how, that's not how it works, and I, I, I argued with this lady who was trying to pray for me to have the Holy Spirit, and I was desperate, like, desperate for it, and then as I tried to argue one last time, I started speaking in tongues, and felt like I got electrocuted, Like God just filled me with fire and I felt like I had fire in my veins. And after that, I was running. It was night at the church and I'm running in the rain, screaming and doing cartwheels. And I'm sure everyone thought I lost it, but I did not know how amazing he was. And now he's with me every day. It's just that I have to look put my eyes on God and say, what do you want me to do today? What do you Mm. have for me, Lord? Mm. If we never ask, he's not a rude person. God's not going to, you know, kick our door in. He says, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone would open, I will come in. I will eat with him. In other words, I'll come in fellowship with him. Mm. We'll talk. I can tell him what I want and, and we'll be friends. But if you never open that door because you just don't have time and you're, you know, you're not into the supernatural. You just don't think it happens anymore. One friend told me, she goes, I don't believe that the Holy Spirit's moving like that anymore. So I don't believe that you're speaking in tongues. I think you're just Mm -hmm. talking gibberish. And I said, okay, Mm -hmm. that, you know, that's fair that you think that, but this is what the word says. And it's okay. You know, I'm not going to, if you don't want to have that Jesus, there's no decree in the Bible that says you have to have, but you know, you have to have the Holy Spirit. But, um, you can have it, and then whoever asks will receive Jesus' said, If you, you know, don't worry about it. If you want it, you'll have it. And so, um, you know, I think that it's important for us. I think that's how we're going to see signs, wonders, miracles, if we're filled with the Holy Spirit. I feel like we're beautiful lamps that are not plugged in. If we don't have the Holy Spirit, we how how can because Jesus showed in order for him to do all those things? He was led away by the Spirit into the wilderness He the dove descended on him after he came up out of the water If he didn't have that then it would be by his own flesh that he would try to do the works and he knew that wasn't the way So he filled himself with the Holy Spirit and was able to do those amazing things that no one had ever seen and he was able to speak with authority because he knew that he knew that he knew that he knew what he was saying was true. Mm. So if we live like that, we're going to be like that too. If we don't live like that, God's not going to punish us. He's not going to be mad. He still loves us, but we will not be able to see the things that He promised me to. Hmm.
0: So good. I feel like you know we've been we we found <laughs> we found our topic, and think, <laughs> I'd like to. I'd like to get on over to to the, to the another topic because, and we'll, we'll kind of wrap, we'll wrap that topic up like this. And, you know, and I say this with all humility to anyone who is having a hard time um, understanding that miracles, signs, and wonders still happen. Um, there, There's a population of believers who... It, it kind of just boggles their mind that God still does that stuff. And, and he does, he does, he still heals. He still does all the things that he's famous for. And, you know, he, he's amazing. So, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to put out any, you know, condemnation for anyone who, you know, who doesn't, I just, I just know this crystal, when you, when you really, you know, when you lean in and see him for who he is and you you look at the fact that he's the same yesterday, today and forever, uh, he's a God that loves to restore humanity. Jesus went about modeling what God would do in those situations. I've often presented this to people and said, well, what does it mean when he said he came to reveal the father? It's not just a theological uh, term. It's not just you know language that we adopt and repeat. What did it mean right. when he said, "I came to reveal the Father"? You know, he came to he came to demonstrate God's behavior in nature, in everyday life, the way God walk, would walk, the way he would talk, the way the way he would react to an individual who can't see for example he he would want to restore them with with their eyesight for an individual who can't you know can't speak there's an instance in matthew where jesus casts a demon out of an individual who who couldn't speak and this demon was tormenting him taking away his ability to speak and and jesus uh he modeled the way god views that stuff and he said no today i'm gonna give you your voice back because it's important Words are weapons. I need you to be able to speak. So it's that restorative nature that that Jesus put on display. He didn't just do these miracles just for us to marvel at. He actually modeled what was possible. And he turned right to his disciples and he said, you're going to do the same things. He prophesied over their life and over their future. He was always pouring into their identity and telling them, This is who you are. You're salt and you're light. And these are the things you're going to do. You're going to cast out demons. You're going to heal the sick. And you're going to raise the dead. And he said all things are possible to those who believe. But there's one one thing that he modeled that I love in the book of Matthew, chapter 9, verse 23. It says, when Jesus arrived at the official's home. Now, this was... This was a leader of the synagogue who had asked Jesus, I need you to please come heal my daughter. She's died. And he believed Jesus could raise her up. So Jesus finally gets there. And upon his arrival, it says this. He saw the noisy crowd and heard the funeral music. Now, his response was, get out. And it always, it, 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 was mind blowing when i read that i was like man you know you don't often see jesus in that type of assertive you know aggressive type of you know behavior <laughs> so i so i took a look at it and i'm like wow you know why was he so forceful with kicking these people out and you know it just occurred to me he's kicking unbelief out crystal i mean he's he he like if yes. if you're here planning a funeral even though I'm here planning a resurrection, you probably need to go ahead and just, just step out. Like He had to create that atmosphere of faith. And I just think that's amazing because even Jesus had to create an atmosphere of, atmosphere of faith to go in there and raise this young lady to new life. So my point is this, yeah. I believe a lot of unbelief hides behind You know, some of the doctrines we've adopted um, through the years, just just basic unbelief that, okay, I see it in in God's word that it happened, but I just don't believe it could happen for me. And that that is that is simply something we call it's called unbelief. We got to believe. He said all things are possible to those who Mm -hmm. believe. So kick unbelief out. That's what he modeled. So, let's move on. We're going to move on to this topic of emotions now. Emotions <laughs> Emotions are big crystal because you know, we're supposed to walk by faith, not by sight. We're supposed to walk by faith, which is this unseen reality that the Bible talks about in depthly, but yet we're still trying to find language for it here in 2021 and not by that, sight yeah. which is sight has to do with your senses your natural physical senses we're supposed to walk by faith not by sight so what we have we have this we have this dance between our senses our emotions and then this unseen reality where we're supposed to live by faith so let's talk a little bit about emotions as a believer now you were sharing something a little bit earlier what what do you have on that topic of emotions
1: so
2: um i'm a very emotional person (laughs) no i i don't (laughs) how can you tell um I <laughs> I do everything big. I cry big and loud. I'm I'm one of those people who would be in the Bible where they said and they wailed loudly, mm-hmm. or they laughed loudly, mm-hmm. or they became angry and they were angry loudly. <laughs> everything is loud in my life. Yeah. And um, so God knows that. And I, you know, He often to me refers to it as passion. You're a passionate person. Here's yes. A positive. Crystal. That's a
0: good word. Passionate. Uh,
2: <laughs> passion passion you know so jesus was passionate also but he was also in control of his emotions, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he had to be there were people saying horrible things about him and to him and he had every you know you could be like well he had every right to tell them a thing or two um but he didn't he was very calm and he was literally modeling for his disciples how to control themselves. Um, mm-hmm. For instance, Peter is one of my favorite.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs>
2: <laughs> he was he was all over the place. He was like, Lord, if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do it all the way. He was an all or nothing. That's mm-hmm. what we're called, the all or nothing's. Um, every bit of it is in. You're you're leaping off the cliff. You're you know even before you're thinking about it. Well, the Lord is like, I I like your passion and your zeal. But let it be zeal for the Lord, and not just zeal.
1: Right.
2: Um, God, you know, in Proverbs twenty-five, twenty-eight, it says, A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. Mm. If, you know, God, I love the way he uses pictures. That's, that's the way I can understand. If I look at a city that's broken into, left without walls, mm. it's left wide open to attack.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: if you are a person who cannot control yourself and the the fruit of the spirit is you know one of the fruits is self-control love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control mm-hmm. against the these things there's no law that's galatians five twenty two through 23 yeah but um in proverbs if you can think of a city that has no walls it's easily attacked there's no way to protect yourself when you are emotionally out of control. And one of the things that was prophesied over to over me um, was you need to learn to control your emotions. And I was like, (laughs) okay, God," (laughs) and you're giving this person, I don't know another, you know, it was just literally, it hit me like a ton of bricks because, you know, in my, you know, life, emotions you can either live by your emotions and be tossed to and fro you know with doctrine with whatever the wind takes you or you can be a steady ship with a rudder if if you are have no control you're like a ship without a rudder Mm. wherever the waves take you that's where you're gonna go Mm. Um, but if you have control and you control your emotions you are like a ship that has A rudder and a captain and you receive instructions and you know where you're going and the Lord wants us to be like that emotions can kill and the way they can kill is you're you're out of control our words are weapons that's what you said earlier and it's so true if we are out of control of our emotions when we speak you know something happens in the spirit we might not see it Mm -hmm. but we spoke it and now Action is happening. Either angels are moving to restore, to heal, to bless, or the demons are moving to go to God and say, They said that we need to we have license to act on that now. And so um that's why the Lord was like, Watch your mouth. That's why David prayed, put a a gate on my mouth, Lord, that I might not sin against you. Mm -hmm. And all of our sins are against God. If we are yelling at somebody and we're telling them off and we showed them we're really speaking like you you said in a previous podcast we're speaking against God himself yeah that that one line scared me I was like okay time to renovate the mouth here uh (laughs) Mm. and so um our emotions are attached to our mouth we could either live by our emotions and be led all over the place and not you know and our We'll be speaking unbelief. We'll be speaking things that aren't true. Or we can live by the word of God. Jesus said, you know, man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That, you know, that's how we self-control. That's Mm -hmm. how we stay out of the emotions game. It's not, I'm not saying that you can't have emotions. You do have them. You know, they're very real. But we don't live by them. David is one of my favorite people in the Bible because yeah. he'll tell it like it is. I was crying and I filled my bed with tears and my tongue stuck to the roof of my mouth and I was sad. But Lord, I know you're going to deliver me out of this. I mm. know you're going to save me. I know you're going to make everything okay. If we live like that, then we say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. we're we're telling our own mind that's filled with emotion hey, God is real he's bigger than the problem and he's going to fix it, don't worry Mm. and then that's that's where your help comes from that's where your sanity comes from if you live by your emotions you're going to feel like you're insane
1: Mm. you're
2: going to be all over the place and you're going to be a city without walls anybody and anything can attack you and you're going to be offended Mm. you're going to fall down
0: so mm, that's good so good you know it kind of takes me to this passage in in Galatians and when you start talking about the fruits of the spirit and I highlight this in my upcoming book weaponized by heaven there is a difference in gifts of the spirit and fruits of the spirit right. gifts can actually be imparted and, and, and be in operation in a person's life before the fruits of the Spirit are actually cultivated and uh, em- empowered in a mature way, if, if that makes sense. In other words, yes. you, can be, you can be mightily empowered in the gifts of the Spirit, but you haven't developed the character associated with the fruits of the Spirit. Fruits of the Spirit, they can often take time to develop. Uh, it, you know it takes a lifetime to to learn um, how to control your anger and yourself you know to have more self control oh, yeah. and and so i think i think it's important to understand the difference the gift, there are gifts of the spirit and then there are fruits of the spirit so these are the fruits of the spirit in galatians 5:22 20, and 23 oh. it says but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So these fruits of the Spirit actually, Crystal, have more to do with character, and they're things that we can develop. Wouldn't wouldn't you say say that's correct? Because you're not automatically endowed with all these fruits of the Spirit, Right. When you're empowered by the Holy Spirit and you're given your full weaponization as a New Testament believer, it, it takes some time. It takes some time to understand how to, de- you know, you're developing patience. That's the one thing you never have to pray for. Don't ever pray for patience because. <laughs>
2: I have, and you know, I, I know why you God, don't pray for that.
0: I <laughs> God is going to teach you patience. That's just part of the package. And then. You know, it's taken me a lot of years to learn how to be kind. I was pretty aggressive, assertive right. personality type. Um, you know, as a teenager, early twenties. You know, did a lot of time in the military. I kind of developed this, you know, get out of my way type of type of mentality and, and personality. But, you know, what I've what I've learned through the years is, man, kindness really does get you a lot farther. Um, and that has to do with character so talk a little bit about yeah. that about the development of some of these some of these fruits what the Lord's done in your life to develop these these fruits and these emotions that we have
2: so one of the things I want to draw attention to literally that God just downloaded to me the rhema is um, and actually this is the first time I'm seeing it too so I'm just going to tell what God just told me go ahead notice yeah. how Notice how the fruit of the spirit is fruit. If you want some fruit in your backyard, you're going to have to buy a tree. You're going to have to cultivate the fruit. You are going to have to fertilize it and nurture it. If you don't, if you neglect that tree, it'll be full of worms. You'll have, If you don't prune it, it'll grow crazy. We had to pull up two apple trees in our yard because every year they produced worms. We, we neglected them. We didn't mm. cultivate the fruit. We didn't prune. And so I think God, in his magnificent wisdom, mm. Amen. decided, yeah, that he, he was like, this is how I'm going to explain it to them. The fruit of the spirit is the fruit of the spirit has to be cultivated. It has to be. You got to be out there. If you're a farmer of apples, mm-hmm. you got to be out there every single day without fail, or your crop will fail there Mm. will be no apples Mm. that you can eat um there will be diseases they are getting attacked your faith and your spiritual fruit is going to be attacked your love your joy your peace your patience your kindness your goodness your faithfulness your gentleness and self-control is going to be attacked by the worms of the world you know the hope the devil is coming he's going to plant tares weeds around your garden so that the your fruit doesn't get the nutrients from the ground but the weeds do so you're gonna have to pull up all the weeds around your tree and water your tree mm. every single day water with the word you know so the cultivation of fruit takes a long time mm. you're not going to cultivate for one week and then all of a sudden you have some apples
1: mm. you're not
2: going to cultivate for one month it's it's a lifestyle. Every single year, the trees have to be pruned back. Every single year, they have to be refertilized, and consistently throughout the year. If you want good fruit, if you don't want good fruit, your fruit will be underdeveloped. It will be wormy. It'll have a. And so, I think God was really, really specific as far as cultivating in my life. I mean, I think it's a journey that never ends. I think you can Mm -hmm. always improve your fruit. Um, I, you know, my love has grown over time. Um, My patience, (laughs) I have six kids. Mm -hmm. My patience has grown over time. (laughs) Yes. Um, I've, I've had kindness, goodness, my faithfulness. I'm not a gentle person. So God is still working on those things with me I I mentioned that I need to control my emotions probably a lot more so there you know some of my fruits I'm I'm getting pruned I'm getting some pruning God is you know um, cutting my limbs back and um, you know because he loves me he is gonna cut the old crusty stuff off and it's gonna hurt sometimes when God's correcting me about something like just recently he was telling me about he asked me a question why are you undoing every prayer that you pray and I was like what do you mean he's like well you are praying and then you're complaining and then you're praying and then you're complaining and he's like don't complain anymore he was like speak good in life because the angels are ready to go and then you take it back with your complaining And I went, oh, my goodness. Oh, Mm. okay. I I literally was brought to tears because I said, Father, I I didn't realize what was coming out of my mouth. I would get upset, emotions, and then I would speak out of the treasure of my upset. And then all of a sudden, here comes the Mm -hmm. (laughs) anti-prayer. And I'm like, and I'm going, God, why isn't this working? Why is there no change in my life? Well, Mm. I just anti-prayed. And we do that. We don't realize what we're doing. I'm nowhere near, um, you know, God's always, you, you never stop pruning your apple tree. Mm. It, it's, it's not like, okay, we finally did all the pruning and all the fertilizing and ta-da! You prune that apple tree for life. As long as that tree's growing, you're taking care of it pruning and fertilizing and watering every day. If ever you stop any of those things, that tree will dry up and die.
1: Mm.
2: Period. So, you know, you have to cultivate the fruit of the Spirit. Giftings are bestowed like a gift. You know, when you have a birthday party and someone brings you a gift, you're not constantly, you know, trying to, you just, you have the gift. It's yours. It's not going to get taken away. You don't have to do anything for it. It was given to you, you know, but a a fruit is different. You got to work, 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 work. And a lot of people think, well, as soon as I, I mean, I know for me, I, I thought when I got saved, all my problems are over mm. all of my, you know,
1: mm-hmm. everything
2: is perfect and I'm going to be, no, the, the problems got worse. Mm. It was, it was worse. And, you know, I don't want to scare anybody, but God is pruning. He started pruning me. Well, pruning hurts. My trees were hurting. Mm. Now I had to put paint over the wounds and, you know, kind of put, you know, ropes to hold things up and kind of help them because you know, I mean, you know, tree can't tell you, ow, oh, that, that really hurt when you cut off my branch. <laughs> mm. But that's, that's what we do when we get pruned. We're like whining about it sometimes because it hurts. But when we see the fruit that comes from it, we're like, ooh, do it again. Do it again. I want you to prune me because now look at my fruit, God. I'm sporting some serious fruit here. This is great. And you have to keep it going. So in my life, There's pruning going on. It's never going to stop. When I take my last breath, maybe, when I leave this earth and I go to be with my dad forever, then maybe there will be different kinds of pruning. I don't know what I'll learn in eternity, but I know it's going to be fabulous. But right now, I'm a tree planted in God's garden. And every day, he's got to come out and water me. And if I refuse the care, if I just would rip myself up from the roots and run out of his garden, I'm not. I'm going to die. I'm not plugged in anymore, and I'm going to die. What What would happen if your tree jumped up and started running down the street? It would dry up and die, mm. and then it would be good for no more than the fireplace.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That's That's what God's saying to us. He's saying, you know, I want to. I want to prune you. I know it's. I know it's painful, but I'm going to make such a beautiful tree out of you if you just let me. So
0: the key word is let <laughs> let mm. <laughs> so. Mm. that's so yeah. good that's so good I want to read a portion just a portion of my upcoming book Weaponized by Heaven and I write a little section about the you know, difference in empowerments and behaviors the difference in fruits of the spirit and gifts of the spirit and it's on a section right. where I write about this prophet named Balaam Now, what what I highlight in the book, Crystal, is how the Holy Spirit actually taught us systematically and methodically in the Old Testament, person to person, uh, you know, prophet to prophet, king to king. He kind of systematically unpacked his empowerments so that we would be prepared in the New Testament for full weaponization. In other words, Othniel, who was the first judge of Israel, right? Very obscure character, not a lot of scripture on him, but it says that the Holy Spirit came upon him. So I took a look at every time the Holy Spirit came upon anyone, and what I found is that the Holy Spirit taught us in the Old Testament uh, all of his empowerments, he displayed them, but he only unpacked. Certain empowerments on certain people, whereas now in the New Testament we're fully weaponized. It's amazing when you when you find the the pattern of how he did it. So anyway, he unpacks the ability on Balaam to bless and curse this this prophet Balaam, and and it's amazing because he he just didn't have very good character. Let's let's just go ahead and throw that out there he wasn't a very good <laughs> out there. you know he did he he wasn't exemplary in his he's he's in there to show us holy spirit empowerment and because if he blessed someone they would be blessed if he cursed right. someone they would be cursed like he had that he had that empowerment but you know he didn't cultivate the fruit side of it he didn't cultivate the self-control and the gentleness and the love, joy, peace, and patience aspect of it. Uh, That's why it's a good practice to separate gifts from fruits when examining people in Scripture and in the kingdom. There are gifts of the Spirit and fruits of the Spirit. There are empowerments and behaviors. They're developed separately. It is possible to demonstrate the gifts of the Spirit without displaying the fruits of the Spirit in our behavior. It's possible to display the empowerment without exhibiting the positive behavior the Spirit should produce. This is due to our free will nature. Fruits of the Spirit indicate character, which can take time to develop. They are developed over time through progressive sanctification. We learn how to walk in step with the Spirit, often while we are already empowered. This is why empowerment without character is so dangerous. Our desires may shift dramatically upon being born again, but learned behavior can be deeply rooted at the psychological and physiological level. One can carry the gifts while developing the fruit one may lag behind the other as we grow so hmm it's important to continue to trust the lord in the process and i think age helps us i think having children helps us it, it i think the lord uses so many different things to help us to develop this this character of because it's all about Crystal. It's all about getting us, uh, us becoming more and more like Jesus, right? I mean, is, oh, isn't yes, that what it's absolutely. about? He wants us to be more and more like Him. Oh yes. Mm. Yes, mm-hmm.
2: absolutely. Um,
0: mm.
2: Yeah, I mean, the you know, he's he's our he's our big brother. He he's the way. You know, mm-hmm. the way to do things, the way to live. So for sure. I mean, I I up until now did not really realize that you could have, I figured if you had the giftings, that you automatically had the character too and then I was thinking to myself, well why am I all messed up and lagging behind? I wasn't messed up. Um, I was developing. God's Mm -hmm. been working on me since I was born again Mm
0: -hmm. and
2: I'm I'm told I'm in teenagerhood now. He's like, oh you're a teen (laughs) in his kingdom. I was a newborn baby when I was born again and now I'm a a little teenager and so wherever he's putting me that's where I am but there's still stuff that all of us need to work on that mm-hmm. doesn't negate the fact that we can be used you know look at the disciples they were not perfect people they weren't Pharisees mm-hmm. they didn't study years and years of the Bible where they knew every single verse you know perfectly they were just ordinary dudes who were like you know Jesus walked up to them and were like hey you know Follow me and do what I do mm-hmm. and and I will make you fishers of men. And truly, truly that is what he did. But they were a mess. Like, you know, a lot of us we we always think, Well, in order to be good enough for God, I gotta get my crap together. Mm-hmm. I gotta I gotta have all the scriptures, I gotta memorize it all. No, God knows who we are mm-hmm. and he wants to use us anyway. And usually a heart on fire could be someone who knows nothing about the Bible they're just on fire and God's like I'm going to prune I got this brand new tree that I put everyone's excited when they plant a brand new garden Mm -hmm. they're so excited and so Father God is excited he's like yes you know I got a brand new tree and you know because there's a celebration in heaven when everyone is born again and then all of a sudden this brand new tree you know is being you know working out the things that that they don't know. I had a friend who got saved and he could not stop swearing but because of the love and the grace that his pastor had for him he just wasn't constantly beaten over beating him over the head about it, but that man has been used mightily in the kingdom of God and eventually stopped swearing mm. God pruned that off and he was okay and he's been all around the world worshipping God and with people and churches and, and changing lives and so God can use anybody He can use anybody and you know He can He can use you even if you're not fully developed with your fruit
0: <laughs> yeah you know I'm so encouraged when I see Jesus's interaction with the disciples because He was so patient with them and for example they, they He sends them out you know, for ministry, you know, he sends them out to start doing the things that he had trained them to do, which is healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons, right? All that stuff, and restoring humanity uh, back right. to our rightful place, which is whole and 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 healed. So, but they got they got rejected in this one particular region uh, in ministry they they weren't able to do many miracles and they asked Jesus they said Jesus they said uh we want to call down fire from heaven and go <laughs> ahead and go ahead and burn them up now <laughs> now Jesus you know he he didn't sternly rebuke them he did tell them hey you don't know what spirit you're of right he he said you don't right you know you're not you're not quite engaged with the spirit realm to the point to where you can understand how how that's not at all what I'm trying to do while I'm here. I'm trying to save people okay i'm not i'm not here to yeah I'm not here to to uh call down fire from heaven you know i I came to seek and to save so just Jesus's patience with them and it just he modeled so much of of what leadership is. He modeled so much of what parenting is um, in the way that he dealt with his, with his disciples. And giving them space to develop is, is a huge deal that we see modeled in his ministry and, and in his leadership. And I just believe, I have a firm belief now more than ever, uh, because years ago I carried around a lot of condemnation for not being perfect, I carried around a lot of condemnation for not measuring up. I never felt like I measured up, especially as a pastor, because as a pastor, you know, it, it's it's on you to to make sure your people are are fed and taken care of and empowered and protected, and and so you you carry a lot of that weight as a leader in the church. But now I'm learning more and more. Of just truly how gracious Jesus is. He's he's so he he's just amazing, Crystal. He gives us space to develop, <laughs> and we all need space to develop. And <laughs>
1: that's true. Yeah, yeah. But
0: but here's the deal. Part of our you know part of this journey, it it really is. It's on us to highlight certain things and to work towards getting rid of it. Let's just face it. We, we do have to yeah. take a look at our own behavior and oh, yeah. say, all right, I got to make a change. Because we see, we see those teachings modeled in, in the letters, in the epistles to these churches. Right. Because a lot of these churches, you know, these were humans. These were people going through the same stuff that we go through right. as far as raising children working on on the job trying to be a great employee all these other things different culture different time but still humans and so in philippians it says this in chapter 4 verses 6 through 7 it says do not be anxious about anything right there's an emotion anxiety right but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to god and the peace of god which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in christ jesus now that's a that's a big that's a big verse of scripture right there you you got any commentary on that because there's a lot in that
2: um we actually, as a family, studied this verse. My husband was reading it, and we kind of broke it apart. Um, we wanted to know, you know, what each part meant. So, you know, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. We were like, is prayer and supplication the same thing? Supplication is asking for your need. Yeah. You know, you know, making a supplication, you're you're going to God, and you're being like. You know, prayer is just, it's not, it is shocking to God, and it's also, you know, making requests as well. Supplication, I I feel like, probably deals more with, you know, your everyday needs. Um, And the supplication has to be with thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Um, You make your requests known with thanksgiving because you're acknowledging a lot of things, you know, you're, you're acknowledging God. God wants to be acknowledged you know he doesn't want you to go thank in worship something else he wants to be known for being a good dad because he really is a good dad and that peace that comes upon us this is a huge verse for people who are suffering from the swing of emotions you know you're bipolar you have you know, so much going on inside your mind and you're depressed. I I suffered a lot with depression, Mm -hmm. a lot as a young person, you know, feeling like I couldn't measure up and feeling like the the earth would be better without me. And that's just the devil. You know, he comes to steal and kill and destroy. That's what he wants to do. Whereas Mm -hmm. God comes to restore and heal and bring back to life. You know, he, he doesn't want to destroy you. A lot of people think it's God, you know, oh, God's doing this to me to teach me a lesson. No, he isn't. No, he isn't. He's like, circumstances happen. Sometimes we we speak things into existence and hurt our own selves. Um, But, you know, God wants to restore you. He wants to heal you. And so for me, this verse has been everything because especially a part and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind your mind is where your emotions live you know the that, that peace guards I remember I was sitting um, in a hospital I had just lost one of my babies um, and I was you know my mind was racing and I was scared and um, you know I was being rushed to the hospital by my husband and I began to seek God's face you know and this peace came over me that was so thick in the car it just filled the car and washed over me like a warm oil and even though I was in the middle of all of this and my husband I could see in his face he was afraid you know nervous about what was going on a peace came over me that surpassed all, all of my understanding that's what it means like you don't understand why you're calm right God wants to give everybody that he wants to guard you against all the attacks of the enemy because fear definitely attacked us but when you give yourself over and you say okay God I'm going to let you take care of me I'm going to let you put me on your hip and carry me around it talks about I'm um, in the word I don't know where the scripture is but God will dandle us on on his knees you know mm-hmm. like a mother you know he, he wants to you know carry us around in those times because sometimes we can't handle it you know sometimes our emotions are they feel bigger but when we turn our face and we look toward him he's the provider of all of our needs everything and if we're acknowledging him and thanking him he stands guard against the enemy over our minds mm-hmm. and over our hearts
1: mm-hmm. like
2: nothing's getting past. he's like that you know hockey um, player that stands in front of the the goal Mm. he's not letting nothing in okay he's got his he's got his hockey stick and the devil's throwing all kinds of mess at him and he's like doing the split and there's nothing nothing's getting past God Mm. and when we live like that and we let him be who he is the Lord of all then when stuff comes into our life and we get emotional about it we could just run to daddy and we could say Papa, this is happening, help me. And he does. He does. And we if we trust him fully, we'll feel it right away. He's he's not, you know, he he doesn't want you walking around feeling weighted down by everything in the world. And you know, we're we're cut we've come into some dark times, you know. Mm-hmm. But we're but it's okay because the light gets brighter in the darkness. God is the way. He it doesn't matter about anything you you're looking to him you, you you're okay everything is great that's why you know we are known for our love and we are known for our joy because we are not we're not looking at circumstances here we're looking at the Lord God Almighty greater than anything the light and you know we don't love our lives even unto death we're like God is everything because we know he's life itself
0: mm, that is so good That is so so good. I was looking for I was looking for something in particular um, and got caught up looking with looking for it. (laughs) This this topic of emotions, you you can go on, you can just go on forever with it because we're commanded so many times in scripture, and this this is something that came to me recently, be courageous. The command, it's a, it's a command, not a suggestion. Isn't that like, something? Like, <laughs> like it says in Joshua 1, nine: Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I took a look at that verse and broke it down. And so when you're frightened... It's actually your initial response. That's your automatic response you have to something, right? You're frightened. That's in the moment. But then dismayed is really just a continuation of that. So you're initially frightened and then you continue to stay frightened. So he wants us to be courageous, be courageous and not in our own strength, not in our own might, because it's I mean it's virtually impossible crystal to to trust in your own strength your own might um, just look at the world right now and the things we're going through in this pandemic man if all we had was our own ability we would we, be in hot water right I mm-hmm. mean without god's yeah. wisdom without his care and concern for us um, when we when we get a for example, with the virus, if mankind receives a, an inoculation for to protect us from this virus, it'll be because God released it from heaven. Period. Like we don't we don't have the capacity to come up with that type of of uh, uh, ingenious invention. God releases wisdom wisdom into society. Because he loves us, because he's a good God. And yep. and so he commands us to be strong, be courageous. So what are some ways, Crystal, as a believer, that we can kind of start to take a look at our own behavior if we're living a life where we're frightened all the time, if we're if we're buying into our own anxieties. Our own insecurities in the day to day. What are some things that we can do to uh, begin to get past those those things? Just as a believer.
2: So when we give in to fear and all these things, um, in Galatians five sixteen, um, it you know it tells us to God. God has a remedy for that. Um, he says. He says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh mm. for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for mm. the, are, these are opposed to each other mm. to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Um, we don't want to be sad. We don't mm. want to be afraid. We don't want to be angry. It feels in the moment like that's the right response, but. We know at, that over time, as we allow those things to have their way with us,
1: mm-hmm. we
2: allow. What happens is that we stay stuck in there, and it gets worse and worse because the devil's job is to destroy us.
1: Yeah.
2: What better way to use us to destroy us? He doesn't really have to do that much if we do that, if we just allow him in. Mm. So the Lord says to walk by the Spirit. Well, what what exactly does that mean? Um, when you're afraid, you you teach yourself to run to God. What's the word? What does, you know, what's the word? I used to, and I still do. Um, I'm getting back into the practice. I, I lost my practice for a while. Um, when something's going on, I try to look through the word to see what God says about it. Yeah. What does God say about this particular thing? St- Maybe um, I need some money. Mm-hmm. or I need some food there was this one time my husband and I when in our early marriage were hungry we we literally had some ketchup packets in
1: mm-hmm. our fridge
2: mm-hmm. it was like woo this is so great we got mm-hmm. some ketchup packets
1: <laughs> we were pretty poor <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> in our little one bedroom apartment and um, so we were hungry and we said you know what instead of being upset about it and going what are we going to do and being scared and we just were like let's pray Like, let's pray. And we prayed and said, amen. And as soon as it was crazy, because as soon as we said, amen, the phone started ringing. And we just looked at each other like, what the what, you know? And so we picked up the phone and his grandmother, who was not saved, was like, hey, um, do you guys need some food? Um, I've got some here and I feel like, you know, you should come over and get the food because I just kind of was feeling like you were probably hungry and you needed to have some (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. and
2: we looked at my husband hung up the phone and he looked like pale and he was like you will never believe what she just said to me and we you know we just thought oh my gosh god like wow like you know we he has all of our needs he he supplies them according to his riches and glory in christ if you need something literally he will find a way for you to have it um and and we can do that for others, too. If we find a need that someone has, we can go to our father and be mm. like, hey, God, um, I don't even know how I did it. There was a lady giving a testimony about another lady who had she had no use of her legs. And so she was crawling all over the place, including crawling to the store. Mm. Um, and I imagined a woman crawling across a crosswalk trying to get to the store so she could buy. And I, I just thought, no way. Well, I didn't know how to procure a free, um, electronic wheelchair, but Mm -hmm. somehow through the Holy Spirit and me just being just zealous, like there's no way I can't, I can't be okay with this woman crawling across, (laughs) she's going to get hurt. Um, the Holy Spirit led me to all these places and I was able to get her, you know, a several thousand dollar, uh, You know wheelchair that was electric so she could use it with her hands and not have to like wheel i think she had the use of one of her hands and um she needed something spectacular to do that and i i didn't know what i was going to do because it wasn't me because it was god i had no strength to do those things i did not know who to contact but the holy spirit knows everybody and so when we walk by the spirit um we won't gratify the desires of the flesh because we're looking to God and asking Him, what should we do? That way, we're not trying to do you know, what we
1: want. So that's what we're supposed to do.
0: Mm, I love that. And you know, Colossians 3, this, this is an amazing uh, uh, bunch of verses here, but Colossians 3, really 1 through 25, I'm not going to read all of them, but it starts with this, If then you have been raised with Christ... Seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. When I think about that statement, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, I think about... Seeing things from heaven's perspective. Having an understanding that you may see it a certain way in this natural reality that we live in, but taking the time to see it from God's perspective. Oftentimes, if we see things from God's perspective, we're not as freaked out about stuff. That's true. Because... For example, the supernatural is God's natural. Uh, yep. Things that the <laughs> devil throws at us, it doesn't surprise him. He, the devil's never been able to outsmart God ever. Like, you know, God is like ever. God, like ever. Yeah, God is like twenty steps, twenty million steps ahead of him. If it's a <laughs> game of chess, <laughs> you know, he's just it, it. He's not, he's not surprised by by the enemy and what he tries. So when we we see it from God's perspective and we start to see life through his eyes and understand how truly cherished we are and how truly protected we are and how much authority we truly do have, then uh, the size of the devil becomes a lot smaller. We actually become a lot less impressed with the enemy's tactics and we become a lot more impressed with who God is, and we start to walk in an authority that that uh, quite frankly, uh, some people will look at and say, "Man, that's I want to I want to do that. I want to walk in that authority." You know, it, it's you're not impressing them in human standards, but you know, right. it, it's it's admirable. It's when you see somebody walking in that type of authority you do really you're drawn to that you know i'm reminded of of our pastor pastor jennifer you know the yeah. she 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 walks in an authority that quite frankly i had never met anyone uh who walked in that level of authority and it, it just so it captivated me because i said i've got to learn what she knows i've got to understand what it is that she carries because she carries authority and it's God's authority yeah
2: she's amazing yeah she's yeah
0: amazing. We, we we cherish her we love her hopefully I can get her on the podcast at some point <laughs> um, the biggest yeah. thing
2: about her is that she trusts God with all of her heart yeah. she trusts God yeah and it's it, there's nothing else that's it I mm-hmm. trust God if he says it I'm doing it and that is why and she's had a lifetime in her walk with God
1: you mm-hmm. know in
2: a small amount of time she's because she trusts him Mm. he's real for her and if he said it there's nothing else for her Mm. nothing Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and I I, you know that is the way we're supposed to be and that's what childlike means it -hmm. doesn't mean immature Mm -hmm. Um, you know sometimes we think oh it means childish Mm -hmm. and then (laughs) we get in trouble Mm -hmm. that's where our emotions come in and we're acting childish and we're not being (laughs) childlike
0: yeah yeah there's there is a difference, yeah. He, he, Jesus brought he brought a little child, and he, you know, he liked to use visual examples with yes. his followers, and he'd say, "Look, I need you to come into the kingdom like this child." And and what's the significance with a child? A child, you know, children aren't uh, your child really doesn't even know what your mortgage payment is. Like they're not interested in that. They don't know don't what the electric bill is. They're not. They're just, they trust you. They trust that mom and dad. Yeah, there's going to be food here, obviously. Like, that's not a question. Um, So it's that childlike faith. I want to throw another verse of scripture out. Um, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Wow. In all your ways... Acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. I think there's a fine line in our faith between trusting and understanding. It's been said by, by teachers that I follow you know, this journey that we're on, it's called the faith, Crystal. It's not called the understanding, it's faith. We are absolutely walking in faith. Um, There are levels of God that you'll never attain through understanding. It it has to be through faith. It has to be through us. Are you, are you, uh, is your phone okay?
2: My
0: phone, I think my earbuds just went on the fritz. Can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah, we're good. Just making sure, making sure we're good to go. Yeah, but yeah, so there's a fine line in our faith between, hey, understanding some concepts and then also knowing that there's an element of mystery that always has to be there, okay? If that element of mystery is not there, then it's it's not faith. Right. We're not walking in faith if we understand everything. So uh, there are mysteries in the kingdom that the Father wants us to search after and there are mysteries that he'll reveal to us and and uh and then there are some things he says okay i don't really want you to know that right right now that's a part of your mystery journey there's always that portion of your of your walk that needs to remain mysterious because we're not we're not living the understanding we're we're walking in faith um i want to bring this out i want to read something Briefly from uh, another one of my books, It Is Well With My Soul, where I document this body-soul-spirit combination that we are. It's been said that we are spirit that possesses a soul that lives within a body. It's a mystery, and we'll know all about it once we get to heaven. But we found some language uh, that kind of makes sense to us. It's because we remain in God's image, Crystal. We're made in his image, not just physically, but we're made in his image emotionally. Mm-hmm. The Hebrew word for likeness, demuth, is used in that verse, meaning resemblance. We're made in his image physiologically and psychologically. We come complete with all the range of emotions that he has. He has given them... To us to cultivate his creation on earth. One of the greatest lies of the enemy is that mankind and animals are equal, for example. Biblically, we're not. Animals are not created in God's image. Animals are his creation, but they're not made in his likeness. For example, we understand primates share a great deal of our DNA, but they're not made in God's exact image likeness they don't come complete with our full set of creative thought processes so we're made in god's image we're made in his likeness we come complete we come power packed with with emotions that quite frankly god has them he gave them to us we come complete with anger we come complete with jealousy we come complete with this range of emotions but throughout this walk of faith, we learn more and more how to see things from his perspective. And as we grow in grace, we'll only get angry at things that God gets angry at.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah that's and
0: we'll true. only we'll only get happy about things that God gets happy about and so so on and so forth. It has to do with that becoming more and more like him Jesus okay. came to reveal the Father, so he gives us direct access to what God look, would look like in this earthly reality, walking around, uh, having to ride in a boat and having to eat and having to live this life that we live. And so we can follow Jesus' example in that, how he treated people, how he talked to people. What did Jesus get angry with? Well, He got angry when when they were in the synagogue uh, making a living off some things that, quite frankly, they had no business selling offerings. Offerings Uh were supposed to come directly from your farm that you raised, that you put in the time to raise that that goat or that that animal, that calf, right? So he got angry at those things. So anger is something we come complete with, but... We're, we learn throughout the process of being a believer what we can what we can really get angry at, right? You got any commentary on that?
2: Um, I agree with you that we do have a full range of emotions that are from God um, and Jesus. If you read, you know, the Gospels, you see every emotion that we have, He had. Mm-hmm. Um, he had them controlled.
1: Mm-hmm. He
2: they were controlled and directed in the proper way. And I Ooh, think God I like that. Um, He showed us that on purpose because He knows we're emotional. He knows mm-hmm. that, you know, in fact, emotions when we have them and they're in right standing and they're controlled move us to do something. Mm-hmm. Um anger that is controlled, you know, might move us to help save someone's life you know we might be angry with the devil about how he's attacking someone and so we move in prayer and we we fight in the spirit um against what he's trying to do um Mm. jesus wept you know Mm. that's scripture. sure Mm. you know his friends were crying over their brother dying um and and he cried you know with Mm. them He knew what he was gonna do, and everyone's like, "Well, if he knew what was gonna happen, why was he crying?" Because his friends were crying. Yeah, and there's time for Ecclesiastes says there's a time for everything under heaven. Yeah, there's a time to weep, and there's a time for joy, and there's a time, you know. But if you're doing that in right standing with God, you're controlling yourself, and you're not just letting your emotions lead, but the Spirit is leading. He showed us that how to have emotions the right way. Mm. Jesus wasn't walking around super depressed and like, Mm. you know, he wasn't terrified and afraid, even though there were points when people literally, you know, at one point they tried to throw him off a cliff,
1: Yeah, but he wasn't,
2: he wasn't afraid. He was just like, okay. Um, Mm -hmm. He, you know, he got angry. Yes, he did. He braided a whip and, you know, tossed those guys out of the temple because they were being dishonest and God's like, my father's house will not be a den of thieves it's going to be a place where people come to pray
1: Mm. it'll
2: be a place where they can come to god but it's not going to be a place where you're you know making some bucks
1: Right.
2: and um, that was the right attitude you know where we want to call down fire Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) exercising patience (laughs) you know we're just like lord and you know we get angry with people because i'm sure you know the people who rejected the disciples weren't polite about it
1: right
2: but he's like it doesn't matter because you know pray for them pray Mm -hmm. for them because they need me um he cried over jerusalem when you know he was gonna die and he was Mm -hmm. like if only you would have let me i would have gathered you in like a mother hen i would have held you in my arm but but now i gotta do what i gotta do and and this is Mm -hmm. gonna you know you're you're not going to it's, it's okay that you're not going to do this. And now I got to do what I have to do. And so um, he had all the range of emotions. He was distressed before he died. He asked his disciples, hey, can y'all stand and pray with me? But it didn't, he didn't stay that way. He, he became sad. And then he was like, he sought the Lord. I'm sad. You know, I'm having a little bit of turmoil. I was sweating some blood. So I went to the Lord. Every time um, when the disciples were in the storm and he was asleep, which I thought was pretty darn funny actually Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the boat when the storm is, he's like, you know, the storm's not bothering me. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm cool. And so he basically modeled what we're supposed to look like when the storms come, when we're sad, when, you know, we need to stand up and and carry a sword and and fight for the weak. God says, you know, my sacrifices that you take care of the widow's, you know you're kind to people. You feed the hungry people. You know that are mine. You, you know, feed people, clothe them. That's my sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah.
0: That's so good. Yeah, and and then so in James, and we may end with this. We may end with this, and 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 close out this episode. <laughs> this has been so <laughs> much fun. I'm not even sure how long we've <laughs> we've been recording, but. But in James, (laughs) in James chapter one, verses 19 and 20, it says this, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. It's so important that we continue to develop as believers and continue to understand that we're built with all this range of emotions that that God made us with we're made in God's image God's likeness and he'll continue to develop us he's patient with us he walks with us Jesus modeled in the gospels how truly patient he was with his disciples and we can just get better and better every day on this topic of emotions and understanding we have to rule our emotions don't allow our emotions to rule us in scripture there are several verses of scripture that just tell us point blank be courageous don't be anxious and trust in the lord for everything he's such a good father He's Mm going to provide us with what we need. He's going to help us. He's going to walk with us. And I think a big thing, Crystal, is not to do the guilt and shame thing when, when we mess up, when we just blow it, but just come to the Father and say, Father, I messed up and I need your help. I need you to continue to walk with me and help me to rein in my emotions so that i can represent you well if we represent jesus well uh there's just no limit to the success we can have as far as our impact in this realm there's just no limit every every child wants a father like jesus and a mother like jesus every every player wants a coach like jesus every student wants a teacher like jesus every believer wants a pastor like Jesus. We're all looking for that manifestation of who Jesus is uh, in life. And so as he works with us and as we become more and more like him, wow, Crystal, sky's the limit and we can impact people, right? We can impact them. So what I want to do, I want you to lead us in a prayer for whoever may be listening today, who maybe they don't know the Lord, first and foremost. If they don't know the Lord and somebody, they just happened upon a podcast and they listened to it and they want to know this this one called Jesus that we've been talking about, maybe if you can lead them through that prayer of decision. And then if you have any declarations or words of wisdom, knowledge, or prophecy you want to declare over the audience today, you just have at it. So I'm going to toss it back to you. And then when you're done, you toss it back to me, and I'll, I'll close this up.
2: All right. Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus. Yes, and, Lord. Lord, this is about people. This is about you reaching people. It's not about us. It's not about anything other than you are so much in love with humans that you want to restore them. Yes. You can see in an instant every single face on the planet, past, yes. present, future. Father, I just pray right now um, for the people who are listening. If they want to receive you, um, Lord, I'm, I'm just—if there's anybody out there who wants to know Christ, you can. You can know him. I know we're all on lockdown, but you can literally get saved on your living room, bedroom, That's floor, right. wherever you're in the kitchen. You can get saved, and all you have to do is say, Father, um, I've sinned in my life forgive me of all of my sins i i acknowledge and i recognize that i'm a sinner in need of salvation i need you to come into my life i ask that you come into my life that you be the lord of my life i ask you know i repent right now of every and anything that i have done against you because really we sin against you lord and i pray that you would forgive me of all my sins um I plead the blood of Jesus. I recognize that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I acknowledge his work that was finished on the cross. I believe that he resurrected from the dead to go and sit at the right hand of the father and that he sent a Holy Spirit to continue the work that he started. And so, Lord, I just received that free gift of salvation um, after yes, letting go of sins lord i might still remember them but lord you don't you have washed my sins away so that i can become a new creature so lord i just pray um to receive you as the lord and savior of my life um and lord right now i just thank you and i believe that i receive Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and the next step after that father i pray for this person to get baptized because that's the next Mm -hmm. step and also getting baptized in the spirit to be empowered Lord, I just pray over this audience that if someone's out there that's struggling with depression, anxiety, their meds working, you know, they have bipolar or any of the mental diseases because, you know, they're being led around emotionally. Lord, I just pray that they would come to you, give their lives to you and just receive the healing that you have for them. This is the reason, God, that you're doing all this teaching in your word because you don't want people to be at a loss. You don't want people to be sick. And I just cry out to you for every person um, who's struggling with this, that um, they would come to you and in that moment when they're confessing their sins and getting them washed away by the blood of Christ, that you're also taking away the years of, you know, captivity that the, you know, the prison of depression and anxiety and that they would feel, you know, freedom. They would, they would be a tangible thing in their lives, Lord Jesus, Mm -hmm. and Lord, I just, I just pray that Your hand would be on their lives, leading them, Um, help them to find a church, God, lead them to the church that You want them to be a part of, because you know, Pastor Joselay always says, you know, our church is weak because you're not in it. He, he says that to people. And so, Lord, I believe that's true, that, that you're leading people to where they're supposed to go. So even if they're not put together, Lord, I pray that they would know in their heart that they don't have to be. They can come as they are. You know, a lot of people are afraid to go to church because they got too many tattoos. Lord, mm-hmm. God, you aren't, you don't care about that. You look at the heart. Man looks at the outward appearance. You look at the heart. So I just pray that you would embolden these people to come to you, especially during this time where people feel alone. And, Lord, that you would come into the room, that you would come into the place where they are and just fill that room with your presence of love. God, you love them. I pray that you would show them, God, yes. how much you Love them and what you think of them. That you're not angry with them, that you love them and you want to bring them home. It's your heart that none would perish, not one. And so, Lord, I pray that you would um, give them a new vision of who you are, a new sight, a new insight. And I just pray these things over this audience in Jesus' name. And I thank you for the ones who received Jesus as their Lord and Savior today. Yes, and I. D- Thank you, and I praise you, Lord. There's a celebration for you in heaven if you did, if you received Christ and asked Him to take away your sin, and that you you let His blood wash you. You there's a celebration, a party right now, right now, and it's going to keep going on. You know, because they they we love it. We love that you're coming in, and um, life isn't easier because you're saved, but it's better.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Amen.
2: Oh. And
0: Amen. I thank you, God, Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you for leading us in prayer. Crystal, you're so special to me. Love you, girl. I'm going to close with this these little statements here. I, I'm going to make sure our listeners know. If you prayed a prayer of decision today or would like to hear a certain topic on our podcast— Email me at RonnieCDAllen@gmail.com. at gmail.com. That's r-o-n-n-i-e-c-d-a-l-l-e-n at gmail.com. If I use your topic, you'll receive a free copy of one of my books. If you were blessed with this podcast, please share it with others. My books are available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble online. I declare blessings on you, your family, your children, and your children's children to the thousandth generation. God has plans to prosper you. And remember, you were created for impact as you learn more about your biblical identity, purpose, and destiny. God bless you is our prayer. Thank you, Crystal. We love you. Love you too. All right. All right.